Hello and welcome to another episode of Que Pasa Hialeah. Hi, my name is Dr. Tony Cruz. I'm the campus president here at the Hialeah campus of Miami-Dade College. And today with us is a very special guest, Lily Lopez. She is founder, CEO, and president of the South Florida Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Welcome, Lily. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Cruz. I'm going to call you Tony. Uh, Happy New Year to you, uh, students, faculty, everybody, staff, and uh, wishing you all the best. And thank you for having me on your show today. Thank you so much. Well, it's an honor to have you with us. You're a very dynamic leader. Uh, I've known you now for a while, and I know that you're everywhere in South Florida, uh, promoting the chamber, promoting businesses, making sure that people know all the great things that uh, the chamber provides to its members and to the community, right? So I just want to start off by by asking you a few questions, Lily. Um, One is, um, you know, I I usually start off by just getting some background, you know, on the individuals. I know that a lot of people know you in the community, but we have a lot of students, faculty and staff and others in the community that will be watching this that don't know you. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where do you go to school, anything else that you'd like to share? Yes, yes, yes. Born in Cuba, came when I was three. I went to Shenandoah Elementary, Junior High, Miami High, Miami Dade College. I'm a Hall of Fame. Yes. I think 2007-2008 for the nonprofit category. Um, so I did Miami Dade College, then I did St. Thomas University, my bachelor's in political science. I also studied uh, journalism as well, and uh, then just started working in a, the nonprofit field actually mm-hmm. in SALA, the Spanish-American League Against Discrimination, with mm-hmm. Dr. Mm-hmm. the late Dr. Eduardo Soto and Dr. Eduardo Padron, who had been founding mm-hmm. chair of, of SALAD. And uh, that's where I got my background for nonprofits. And I realized then that I like nonprofits. And, and that's how later on, a few years later, actually not, not so many years later, I had a group of friends that said, we should start a Hispanic chamber. There is a need in the community, obviously. I mean, now we're like 69, 70% Hispanic. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's how it started. And we never thought that it was going to become such a huge organization. And uh, But it's thanks uh, to the efforts of so many people and so many people that, that have enjoyed uh, participating, being a member, seeing the services that we provide and the difference. Because when I say difference, it's th- th- that we... We teach people. We have programs. We have conferences. You have attended them. We, men, I mean, you don't, you don't miss one, and we love having you there. Mm-hmm. And at, but at the same time, they're fun, right? So we always give everybody a mojito. I mean, we're saying it. I mean, students and whatever, you know, mojito. They put more of the guava than the than the alcohol. But you, you have something different. You bring something different to the table. A lot of happy. A lot of um. Uh, not happy hours, but a lot of, um, I call it like the pre, the pre-event happy hour, meaning that for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, uh, members are able to engage and, and have a drink or just have water, but get to know each other, which is what a chamber of commerce is supposed to be doing. We just can't go into an event and just immediately at noon sit there on your table and get to know the eight people around you. Mm-hmm. So we have like 45 minutes time for people to mingle and and then that's a a big opportunity and then we go into the programming so it's a lot of fun but at the same time it's a lot of information and a lot of um good people and and providing you know what what we need the services and the information that members need so we're happy to to bring that as a chamber of commerce yeah no i've been to a lot of those meetings and i know that those are really fun and and informative as well which is really important what do you think is the um 
and, and you know, I, I know that the, the chamber has its own mission and, and purpose. And I know you just described a lot of activities, right? Things that it, that, it, that it does in order to achieve those. What is the mission and the purpose at the core of, of, the, of the chamber, specifically your, your, your chamber? Right, yeah, the mission is to promote the continued growth and development of the Hispanic business community and to serve as a resource center and uh, forum to advocate for Hispanic and minority-owned businesses. And uh, organization, you know, is comprised of dedicated professionals and we have different committees and we have lunch and learns. And uh, obviously with the pandemic, it's taken a toll on, on yeah. a lot of the programming. Like our business committee would meet monthly, we would be at a restaurant. And uh, so things have changed. We've had to do a little bit of Zoom, but at the same time, we are doing live events, and and it's been it's been challenging, but it's been nice to see that we were the only chamber that was really doing live events. And you know what? You saw it. we took a lot of precautions. Even at the beginning, we had plexiglass in front of the stage. Uh -huh. The microphone had the disposable covers with with gloves. You would remove the. So we really you can't say that. We were careless because sometimes people say, oh, they're doing events. No, we're doing events, but we're doing it conscientiously and we're doing it the right way, the proper way. We don't want anybody to get sick. Nobody got sick. But at the same time, we have to continue providing businesses with what they need. They need the resources, the tools. They need to meet people. They need to network so they could do business with one another. If not, what are you going to do all, all day in a Zoom? It's not the same to do. You can't network in a Zoom. I'm sorry, not Hispanics. Right. Yeah, well, I think that I, I was very impressed with, and I've been very impressed throughout the pandemic about the number of people going to the events. I mean, that's been very impressive because I am, you know, I go to other chamber, other chambers that are here in, in the area and nothing, nothing compares to what's been going on with South Florida Hispanic Chamber. And so it, I have to commend you and everybody in the leadership there uh, for continuing to, to, to push forward, right? Uh, regardless of, of the situation, the situation we find ourselves in, push forward and, and promoting the business interests and, the, and of the community as well. So really great stuff. You know, you, you had mentioned um, briefly a little bit before about the, the creation of the chamber, right? Right. And I think that we have to really think about what Miami was or South Florida, you know, Dade County was back in 1994. And like you said, you know, today is very different from where it was then and even years preceding that, right? So. Why the why this chamber when already, you know, right, there were some there were the greater Miami chamber was there, you know, there were other chambers that existed um, in, in the area. Why, why did why did you and others create this chamber? What what was the impetus behind oh, that? Yes, because back in those days, Hispanics were always put in a Hispanic Affairs Committee, so they would not have leadership roles in these other chambers of commerce. Obviously, that has changed. And we see Hispanics and other organizations, they're chairman of the board or chairwomen of the board and what have you. And uh, that's what we saw back in the time that Hispanics were not in the top positions that we deserve to be in, being the majority and being so very qualified. And if you allow me to continue saying that one of my main objectives is to elevate the profile of Hispanic women and men. And I say it because sometimes we fail to realize that we are 70% of the population. And we, in reality, don't control everything because there are some organizations that the leadership is not really Hispanic. And there are selection committees to select someone for a top position, and I'm not gonna name the organizations. You see those selections committees only have maybe four Hispanics out of 15, out of 14. And mm -hmm. then sometimes for a top position, they bring someone from another state 
and even in you know in the county government and, and there's people that are qualified here and they bring people from other states so if you have so, so many qualified people here hispanics that are 70 percent you have african americans that are 13 percent and then you have the the white that they call and we're brown or whatever they want to call it i don't go by that you know i just to say Hispanic. Now they mm. want to say brown. I'm fine I'm with brown, even if uh, my roots are from Galicia, which is northern Spain. But it doesn't matter. They say you're brown, you're brown. But be it as it may, um, we have many qualified people. And mm -hmm. at this point, I don't see Hispanics really taking it. You have to really fight for what the numbers say. And we're right. the majority and we're letting a lot of, you know, we, we really need to be out there saying, uh, Hispanic men, they're not in, in the leadership roles that they should be in, in, in terms of boards, corporate boards, the, the numbers or percentages are very low at the national level, and Hispanic women are nowhere to be seen. And we are not fighting for those rights that we are entitled to. And that hurts me because I see what's happening just because of the majority, we're just sitting down and just saying, oh, okay, but no, we got to be more alert and say, hey, there's things at the national level, there's boards, there's this and that, there's things that we can do. There's things even, um, you know, for projects and what have you. They're always the same companies keep getting all these projects. Let's just, right, there's a lot of companies that are not Hispanic, they have all these large projects. What sure. happens to Hispanics, right? So right. in reality, we need to see that, but sometimes Hispanics fail when they're up there, they fail to remember their roots and they become part of the establishment and they think that they're more white than than, than Hispanics, right? They, they be, they belong to the upper echelon. I made it and they know who they are and they forget that they came from Cuba or if they came from Nicaragua or they came from Colombia and they made it and they forget you have to help and we have to help Hispanic students. And you know that I have a, we created a foundation because my mom wanted me to be a teacher. I didn't want to be a teacher. My grandmother, great grandma, everybody were teachers. So I said, okay, I love education. Let's create a foundation so we could help financially disadvantaged students hispanic students we also helped african-american students as well That's great. Um, we have to help them but you have to empower hispanics yeah. because these kids have come now they come from other countries from peru from guatemala from honduras and mm -hmm. they and they're low income and they need to see that there's a world out there there's opportunities and we really don't we don't empower them and we forget about them then what's going to happen then how are we going to fill the positions so yeah. anyway you know i talk a lot <laughs> so, <laughs> No, yeah, all that, all is very true, and, and you know, and I've lived in other places in the country where Hispanics are not the majority, and, and it's it's a very tough thing anyway. But here, you know, obviously, you know, for a while now, we, you know, Hispanics have been the majority, and you're right, it's we can't take that for granted, and and we have to be putting people in places, uh, positions position. of power, positions of influence that can make differences in, in in everyone's lives, and so definitely what you're doing with the chamber and what you're doing with that foundation. I think coupled, you know, those two things together are, are making a big difference. And we're going to continue pushing forward on that. And I know you will. I know you're a big advocate and you'll continue to do that. So, you know, you're a big influence, right? I think in this community, and that's a very positive thing. Who have been uh, some influences and some of the biggest influences in your life, you know, personal life, your professional life that have gotten you to where you are today? Um, well, I'll start with Osvaldo Soto, the late Osvaldo Soto, who gave me the opportunity and taught me everything. And I remember he would throw me there and say, okay, let's do a press conference. Uh, there was discrimination, da, 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 da. He was an advocate of that. And I said, oh, I would always say Dr. Soto, but he says, you know how to write and you know how to speak. So go and let's start, let's do this. You're gonna go to the radio. So in reality, he gave me that confidence because usually when you're very young, you say, what? Even though you know you, you, know you speak, 
but you're scared of doing radio, being on a stage. It's not that easy. And I would follow that and press conferences and talk to the media. So he empowered me. And then we also had Dr. Padron, whom I love and adore, and that he would always, always um, help me. And every time he had some something important in my Dade college, some dignitary, some elected official, he would include me. And that's something that I really appreciate. He would include me in those round tables with very important people. So that for me meant the world and I'm very appreciative of that. And then in the chamber, of course, then I have um, people that, that mentored and were founders. You know, you had the Alois Eperos and then through the years we had the Felipe Basultos and then Roland Sanchez Medina, who's my chairman, who's been in the board for years, Armando Trabanco. I mean, I don't want to leave anyone out, Michelle Feveres, leave anyone, because then, you know, you know how yeah. it is. There's so many people that are instrumental, Jose Perez de Cocho. They have you know, they they've been instrumental also in 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 what they've brought to the table, and, and because I can't do everything by myself. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm fast, and I do a lot of things. <laughs> you do a lot, but yeah, you can't you can't all do it yourself. And I and I think that's a great point that that everybody needs to realize is that even yeah. as leaders, we, we we have people. You know, there's so many people that have an impact. You know, on what we do and and our and our success and so and it's, it's, even it's, now before we started anilka here my executive assistant's been with me 15 years wow. i did her help right here oh the lighting the, the 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 team setting it up everybody has a role and everybody that's what i say everybody's instrumental if you are somewhere it's because you have had tools and people and help to that that have taken you to where you are today I mean, you could have talent, you could have the drive, you could be whatever, but there's always people that are instrumental in giving you the confidence, in providing the the tools, and in, 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 in giving you, like, even when we started now with the pandemic, that there was a five-month period that we had to do a lot of Zoom. And then I remember that Felipe, my one of my best friends, um, said, no, Lily, we got to do, Felipe Asuto said, we got to do um, all these uh, programming and, and Zoom. And then Roland Sanchez Medina came on board and he brought other people to, you know, b- big, important people, personalities, you know, to, to, to the Zoom conferences to provide information. So th- th- them two were instrumental, like Ro- Roland and Felipe were instrumental in those months because for me, this was like another world, I mean, the Zoom thing. And then yeah. it got to the point, and then we said, you know what, last October, let's start going live. Let's just have like 80 people. We started spreading tables out, but Hispanics need to have that warm touch because we started seeing the decline in participation in Zoom. Sure. And something that happens is when you have sponsors and you're Hispanic, and I go back, you have a sponsor and you're Hispanic, then they want to look at the numbers. I bet if you're not a Hispanic organization, you have a sponsor and they will tell you how many people did you have and we've got to, we, we need the funds back or what are you going to give me in return? Mm-hmm. That's insane. So you know what I'm saying? And, and that's where I go back. If it's not a Hispanic, if not a Hispanic organization, the sponsors, and those big corporations are a little bit more lenient and give you more leeway in having less attendance or less participation, but you're Hispanic, then they're there on top of you. And that's mm-hmm. what we're fighting for because it always happens. And if we don't speak up as Hispanics, you know what? No one's gonna do it. So we gotta speak up, speak up and say the truth. And so we've been doing live and then live, nobody can tell you anything. We're live, we're taking care of everybody. The attendance is there, the speakers, the panels, right? The panels have been fantastic. Oh, they've been great. I mean, yeah, I mean, the speakers are, are top notch, top notch. Yeah. Cryptocurrency, we've done the heart disease, which we always do because that's so important. I mean, not, heart disease is the number one killer among men and women. People I know are thinking now about COVID and whatever, but heart disease is really, mm-hmm. really bad. Definitely. Yeah. yeah and- those, are, 
those are all, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. definitely uh, educational, great, and, educational and, and, and good for the community as at large, right? It's not just about the businesses, it's about everybody. Uh, uh, that, exactly, taking care of the community. And people right. don't know that. I didn't even know that before we started doing this. Um, we do this series every year. So for the past eight years, I said, well, I didn't know I thought people died more of cancer. And they mm -hmm. don't know. And that's the number one killer for men and women. And women, both and i learned so you see you learn and and so when you when you provide all these opportunities learning opportunities for the members it's it's value that you bring to them definitely yeah. a lot of value, lot of value. And yeah. so you know well, you, you've said a lot of great things here and a lot of words a lot of things that that i think are impactful to people but I, i'm going to ask you this particular question is like so what words of wisdom do you leave to others you know like if if you if, if you want to you know we have individuals watching today that are students but also some people in the community you know and and they want to be successful they want to be leaders um what words of wisdom would you give them today i always say that you got to be perseverant and don't take no for an answer and if you have to circumvent the person that says no you go around and you go to someone else who's at that same level or or above that person and you try to make it work let the people that whatever it is that you want to get something out of rest like for some months but then you have to eventually don't don't accept a no no is not that does not I, I i always tell people don't say no say i will try because there's people that you ask something and they say no i'm not gonna be able to no, just tell me i will try i will try <laughs> And if not, if they get really not that they don't want to do what you ask the favor or whatever it is that you want, well, then you try to go around it. And if it's a big company, you will go around it. And some the the person that says no doesn't even know that the other person or their, that their company is a member and is participating or what have you. You always have people don't like to participate in. in there's there's people in companies that don't like to come to events or right. any type of partner. Sure, they don't be in the public eye, yeah, yeah. Because you know why? Because it takes time for them to assign it to someone else. So it's easier to say to say to someone else, you go and I'm not going. But sometimes there's people that are lazy, that don't, they're a top position and they don't even want to say to other people, coordinate and say, you go because take advantage of this opportunity. So in right. reality for them, it's better to say, no. So what happens with those people? You push them aside and then you go around them in these big companies. You go to someone who wants to participate. That's what you have to do. Mm -hmm. But don't yeah. no. I'm not taking the, the no. OK, it's a no, but I'm going to go around you and do something else because you know what? It's beneficial to your company and to your employees. So those that are saying no because they're lazy, because everybody should be participating in an organization, be it this one, being the, the Greater Miami, the Coral Gables, Miami Lakes, whatever, Hialeah, with my friend Mandy Yanis, what, what kind of organization participate? But it's important to be involved. And yes. in this case, with the South Florida Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, of course. So of course. everybody that's hearing us, never take no for an answer. If you're a student and you go to an interview, okay, but don't say, oh, no, no, no. You continue, you continue, you go to another interview and always pause it and follow up. The followers will people fail. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. That's that's the key right there is that's, the follow up. Yeah, everybody. Did you follow up? You have to follow up because what you, you're going to think the people are thinking of you. No one's right. thinking of you, right? right. That's right. what I yeah. to the young people, students. No you have to put them in. in you, you have to put yourself in their mind, right? You have to keep that, keep them on top of their mind. So make sure that they know that that's what Who's you want, that's part, what you right? want to do, that's what you want. And, and sometimes you're right. Sometimes even that opportunity may not come at that moment with that particular position, right. but that person will, will remember you and say, right. oh, remember that person? He was, she or he was so perseverant. 
they, you know, I'm going to call them or I'm going to, I'm going to email them, call them or whatever and contact them. So you're right. Very, very true. Very true. And I've had opportunities in my own life that have happened of course. based on that. I didn't get what I wanted, but at that moment, right. But, that moment. but at, later on you get it. So you, you just keep, exactly. keep going at it and you'll get it. Well, you have to be perseverant. You're the yeah. interesting party when I want to bring a guest speaker. Oh, I tell some someone in my office, oh, yes, I wrote. No, 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 no. I'm going to write. I'm going to call. I'm going to continue until exactly. I get the yes or they send someone else. But I'll probably get the one I want. Yeah. Because to well, do it, interested I, think, I think no is not in your vocabulary. No. That's, that's right. Take no for an answer. No, no, no. Exactly. Just have to persevere and make it happen. And that's it. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Great words to live by. Uh, I think it's a, a very simple but very important way to live your life. You know, just don't take no for an answer. I and think that's young people, that's, absolutely young people, because now you see them all the day on the phone. I mean, so my daughter, no, 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 no. Did you do this? Did you do that? And she, you know, she's so smart. She's scholarship, UM, whatever, presidential scholarship. But even if she's smart, you got to be, remember, hands on. You're, you're the interested party for this and that. You got to take control. And for all young people, too, because they're all on the phone. Oh, no, but they didn't return my call. What do you mean they didn't return your call? Well, you call until you drive those people crazy, right? You you call. Just keep going at it. Keep, keep going, going at, at it. it. Don't say no. And if not that person, talk to someone else and try to get that job and you'll get that job. That's right. Right. <laughs> well, Lily, you know, um, I really enjoyed our conversation and I, I, I really love your, your message. I, I again, you are a dynamic leader. You're a person that's well respected in the community. You are continuing to do many things for us as a community to make sure that we're stronger, we're better, uh, not just from a business standpoint, but from just, you know, society in general. So I want to thank you for that. And, 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 and thank you. And, and I know you're going to continue doing the work that you're doing and even bigger and better things. So, again, thank you for joining me today on Que Pasa Hialeah. My honor, and I love the fact that you're the president of the Hialeah campus because before you were there, I didn't, I don't remember meeting anybody there. Right. Well, so it, glad it, that you're it, there. It's it's been great to to, and we'll continue obviously to build on the things that we've been doing. So, yes. um, thank you again for for joining for joining us, and I want to thank you all for joining us today on another episode of Kepas Hialeah. I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you.